I don't relate to a lot of their pop cultural references. I didn't grow up listening to the same music or watching the same movie or if someone like little things like the movie Top Gun, where apparently everyone has seen it. I have not. I still have not. But it would be comments like, what? You haven't watched Top Gun? And finally, I just, I broke out of my shell and I was just like, you know what? I did not because I was too busy watching telenovelas. Welcome to the Early Career Moves podcast, the show that highlights remarkable BIPOC young professionals killing it on their career journeys. I'm your host, Priscilla Esquivel-Bolcha, Latinx career coach, corporate consultant, daughter of immigrants, and lover of breakfast tacos. Meet me for a coffee chat every Friday as we either dive into a special guest story or I'll share my own career gems. If you're a BIPOC professional feeling lost in your career or just need a dose of inspiration, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey everyone, happy Friday, happy Thanksgiving week. If you celebrate, I hope that if you do celebrate, you're able to be with friends and family and have some restful time. Um, I'm really excited to introduce to you Joanna Science Donnell on today's episode. Joanna actually grew up in the same neighborhood that I grew up in, in Northwest Houston. She ended up going to UT Austin for undergrad, where she got her bachelor's of business at the McComb School of Business and has crafted a really beautiful career in the sales strategy space, particularly within consumer packaged goods, CPG, and has a focus area in the beauty personal care space. So she started her career at General Mills, working on different brands, and then ended up moving over to L'Oreal, where she worked on the Walmart accounts. And so was there for a while, moved up to a director role, which is really amazing. And then recently, she made another shift to a similar role, but at a different company called Team Direct Management. And so this episode is really special because Joanna reflects on what it was like to move up the corporate ranks as a woman of color, as a Latina, as first-gen college grad, first-gen American, and what it's been like to unlearn some of the behaviors traits that we are actually taught as Latinas to be very sometimes quiet and sometimes very humble and not too much of a self-promoter, right? And we talk about the irony of how you actually need to unlearn those things in the workplace to be able to get ahead and to succeed. You don't have to totally change who you are, but you do need to be able to speak up and, and have your presence be known and and your impact be known. So really loved this episode. I hope you enjoy it too. Hey, before we head into today's episode, I want to encourage you to follow us on Instagram at ECM podcast. Also head over to ecmpodcast.com where you can get freebies, read the latest ECM blog post and sign up for our monthly newsletter. And if you or someone you know is looking for one-on-one career coaching, you can sign up to work with me on my website. Lastly, if you're a big fan and supporter of the show, please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's how we can reach other people. Okay, let's head into the show. Hey, Joanna, welcome to the show. So excited to have you here. Why don't you kick us off by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so... 
My name is Joanna Science Donnell, as I got married four years ago and have just changed my last name because I took a while. I'm from Houston, Texas, and I am of Mexican descent. From a personal background standpoint, I'm a first-generation American amongst my family, first-generation high school graduate, college graduate, and then now first-generation business career woman. So I say that just to add a little perspective. Um, as we continue with this conversation. In terms of where I'm at right now, I currently live in Northwest Arkansas with my husband, and I am the Director of National Accounts for L'Oreal Paris Cosmetics. So the reason that we are in Northwest Arkansas and a thriving community is because that is the heart of Walmart. So Walmart is headquartered there, so I manage the L'Oreal Paris account with Walmart. That's so cool. I can't wait to dig into your career at L'Oreal. But before that, I want to talk a little bit about you know, the neighborhood that you and I both grew up in, in Northwest Houston, Inwood Pines for me, but I think you grew up really close to where I grew up. How would you describe the area where we grew up to someone who maybe might not know too much about it? The way I describe it, the area of Northwest Houston where we grew up in was very rich in culture, right? I would say there was a lot of different ethnicities, a lot of great food, but also within that same spectrum, it was also economically disadvantaged area within Houston. Yep, exactly. That's what I was trying to get at. Um, beautiful, rich neighborhood. I'm so proud to be from there, but definitely not without its challenges. And so I'm curious for you, you know, you went to the school district in Aldine ISD, you know, was college always in the cards for you? Was it something your parents talked to you about? Like, how did you start thinking about going to college? Yeah, so my parents didn't go to college. They don't have higher education. They don't. They didn't even graduate from high school. But when they came to America, what they knew and what they realized very quickly was that education was the way to have a better life. So growing up, for me, college was not an option. They may not have known how to speak English or how to help me with homework or college applications, but they knew I had to figure it out because it wasn't an option. And even though we grew up in a more economically like disadvantaged area in Houston, right? I still had phenomenal teachers who were so helpful and motivating. Some of my teachers went to UT and would always talk about their amazing experience. So that helped in my decision process. And then in my senior year, I took AP macroeconomics with an amazing teacher and I loved it. And I think taking that course is what helped me decide that business school was what I wanted to do. And in choosing UT, it was from all of my amazing teachers that spoke highly of it. So they were all amazing resources um, and helping me get to college. That's so awesome. That's the reason why I did Teach for America and being a daughter of a teacher, like, I just know the power that teachers can have in totally changing kids' trajectories in their lives. And so I love to hear that you had that experience. So how did you end up choosing UT and McCombs? Like, I didn't know a lot about business school. I didn't know what business school meant when I was in high school. It sounds like you were able to get exposed to some of that in high school. Yeah, I got like a very general understanding of it. I think like with macroeconomics, I just loved it. And so naturally, I was like, oh, okay, business school, they had various majors, and I didn't have to decide then and there. So it just seemed like the right fit Did I know exactly what I was getting into, not 100%, but at least I had a general idea. 
Yeah. So what was it like for you to finally get to McCombs and be a freshman to move to Austin? Was it a really big culture shock for you? Yeah, it was definitely a culture shock. You go from being the majority in the area of where we grew up to being the minority. So I learned how to adapt. I would say that was my biggest um, lesson in college is learning quickly how to adapt and then making friends and learning from them, right? Their experience was a lot different in high school and growing up than mine was. So I would say adapting was what I learned, but then also finding that group of friends that you can relate to. So that group of friends for me, I found through joining actually the Hispanic um, Business Student Association at McCombs. I met like a lot of people in my freshman class that I like, really got along with um, and they were all like considering joining. So I decided to join and it was an amazing decision that I made because I joined an organization with people that I could relate to, people with similar experiences. And this organization had a very strong network of professionals, right, that had that same experience, but then would give back by helping develop undergrads and being that networking opportunity to these corporations that at the time when I was younger, I didn't even know where I wanted to go or what I wanted to do. So it was just overall an amazing experience. Yeah, it sounds like that organization really provided you with a safe space, like a community, but it was also a group of people where you could really envision yourself also being successful. Yes, it definitely did. I think the, the safe space for me was the biggest, especially when I was learning to adapt to this like very different environment from where I grew up in. And it helped see people that look like me, right, become successful and get these amazing jobs in the corporate world or start their own businesses or, or whatever the case may be. But I think there's something very powerful in seeing someone who looks like you become successful in the space or in the career that you're looking to pursue. Cool. So what did you end up majoring in? And then how did your internships help you um, decide what you wanted to do next? Yeah. So I decided to major in marketing and I minored in management information systems. In terms of internships, my sophomore year, I did the week-long camp with Procter & Gamble for their kind of consumer insights division. And it was a great experience. I think that for me solidified that I wanted to be within the consumer packaged goods industry. At the end of that week-long camp, we got the opportunity to interview for the internship then coming my junior year, right? The summer, junior to senior year. But I did not get it. So I was not discouraged because then my junior year, I decided to apply for an internship at General Mills. Through HBSA, I actually knew people at both P&G and General Mills so I could get the kind of ins and outs in terms of the culture of the company. Is it something I'm going to like? So from there, I interviewed and I got the internship. So I was actually in Arkansas during that three-month-long internship. And that's um, ultimately why I decided to move there because I got to get that experience of living there. And then from this internship, I got, it was basically, the internship was like the fundamental like role within like sales. So it was called a business management associate, but it was the role in itself was basically like an entry level analyst, right? So from day one through this internship, you're not getting people coffee. You're not like making copies of things. You're 
They give you projects that are spot on what you'll be doing as an analyst. And they just, they train you for a week and then you roll your sleeves up and you dig into the data and you get to complete some super cool projects. But that experience of being very hands-on and getting to to see what the office culture was like, to see what the location is, and then to see what the work is like and what a career at General Mills would be like was ultimately why I decided to apply full-time. And then on top of being able to get this like work experience, they also set you up for success with mentors. So I got a mentor for being an intern, but General Mills also has employee networks. So I also got a mentor through the Hispanic Heritage Network, right? I think a lot of times companies recruit diverse talent, but don't have a plan in place to retain diverse talent. And I would say my internship experience and just having these mentors was really rewarding. And it really opened my eyes to see what a career here would look like at a company that actually understands me and is putting forth resources, right? To make sure that I feel like there is a space for me there. Yeah. So you were like evaluating the culture fit of the company for you as well. Yes, that for me was a big thing in when it came to deciding where I ultimately wanted to work. I didn't interview at many places, but after General Mills and then knowing people that worked at General Mills, I knew it was the right space. So I interned there. And then after that, I went full time. So post-college, moved to Arkansas to work on the Walmart account. And I was there for about a year and a half-ish. And then from there, I moved to Austin to work on the convenience channel for, again, about a year and a half. And then from there, I moved to Minneapolis to work on their dollar channel for, or on the dollar channel for about a year. And then in Minneapolis was where I just decided a Texas girl does not belong in Minneapolis. And at General Mills, they're headquartered there. So I, I had to make the hard decision to to pursue an opportunity elsewhere because I just could not weather another winter yeah. in Minneapolis. My husband loved it and he's also from Texas, but <laughs> it was just frigid. I really can't blame you there because I went to college in Massachusetts and four years was enough for me to figure out that I had to live near sunshine. Um, so I totally get that. So I'm really curious, what does Dollar Channel mean? What were you working on in that job? And what kind of projects were you working on? What kind of problems were you solving? Like, what does that mean? Yeah, so the dollar channel basically means our accounts with Dollar General, Family Dollar, those type of accounts. And my role within the dollar channel, I was a business planning manager. So I worked directly with the General Mills account managers that worked with, say, your dollar general buyers, right? And I was the liaison between them, my sales team, and our internal teams, say our marketing teams. So a lot of things we worked on, it could be something as small as an ad hoc analysis. How did this promotion perform versus others, which 
price point has the best ROI and lift, et cetera. Or, or it could be we have an upcoming liner view. We need to work with the marketing teams and get a whole deck together because in this instance, we're trying to gain distribution, be it for cereal. So those were the kind of things you work on as a business planning manager when I was within the Dollar Channel role. That definitely sounds like a lot of analytics and really, really cool. So what has been one of your proudest moments that you've had, you know, working at General Mills or on any of the brands that you've worked on? So the brands that I worked on depended. When I was at Walmart, I was on cereal as an analyst. And then I got to join the category advisor team. And then I worked directly with the the Tex-Mex food and salsa buyer at Walmart. And then when I was on convenience, it was the entire portfolio. So everything you would see in a convenience store, like Nature Valley, Chex Mix, Gardettos, et cetera. And then on the Dollar Channel, the same thing, every General Mills product that was on the shelf. In terms of my most proudest moment, I think was when I was able to marry a personal passion, right, with my career. So when I was on the convenience channel, I worked with one of the bigger convenience chains in like South Texas. They probably expanded further now since I've been there. But the convenience store called Stripes. And we were just establishing a relationship with them. And when I entered my first meeting, the buyer was like super honest and was saying out of my like X number of vendors, General Mills is the absolute worst for X, Y, and Z reason. And so in that conversation, I like listened to him, listened to every reason we were the worst. And I was very determined to change that. And so by listening to him, I was able to change all of the things that he didn't like about our previous relationship and came out of that role and that account with such great wins. I got to increase distribution. We got to do promotions that we never had before. And so for me with sales, while it's very data driven, it's also very relationship based, right? You have to like very much marry the two. So I would say that was one of my biggest achievements. And then also when I was on the convenience channel, when I say marry my passion and my job into one, I got to work on a project for Nature Valley. So this account a lot of the stores were located along the Texas-US border. And our teams could just not figure out why Nature Valley was not doing well as well there as it was in the rest of the US. And so I got to work with a consumer insights team, as well as some of our team members in Mexico to really understand Nature Valley and create kind of a a plan, right, on how to understand who our consumer is. So first, and who our consumer is in terms of levels of assimilation from crossing, like from Mexico to the US, right? Whether you speak English, you're first generation, second generation. And so what we found out was that with Nature Valley, we really needed to educate the consumer not educate and build awareness on this product, right? Because very similar products exist in other countries, but Nature Valley was just not a brand that they recognized. So we got to create um, an entire strategy on how to build awareness and promote this product and how to set it up for success within that channel. It's pretty cool. So you were responsible for informing that strategy and, and it was like a community that you were really familiar with, right? 
Yes. So it was exciting for me because I got to work with um, counterparts that worked in Mexico and the Mexico convenience world, right? And they would share with me how they promote the product. But then I also got to work with consumer insights and getting to like really dive deep into consumer behaviors and consumer insights. And so along with that, it's one thing to see like the data on paper, right? But then when you've also experienced it, you, you get to add that additional perspective. So that's where it's really important to have diversity within your workforce, but then also work in a place that lets you, like I said, or create your own space and be able to bring that background, right? And those like strengths that you have to ultimately be able to deliver a promotional strategy for a product and be able to drive growth. That's so awesome. So earlier you talked about having mentors at General Mills, but I'm sure there weren't a ton of Latinas running around. So how did you manage to find people that you could relate to or even just learn how to succeed and do well as someone who's the first in your family to be, you know, white collar professional? Yeah. So there weren't many Latinas on my team specifically, right? Through all my experiences, but there were still Latinas within the company. So to answer your first question, General Mills is one of those companies that did a great job of helping you build your network. So they had something called the Hispanic Heritage Network. So they would partner me with mentors, right, throughout my career there. But then also they would have, so even before I started, they had Hispanic like new hire weekend and they fly us all up to Minneapolis allow everyone to just meet each other when you're all starting at the same time and you're different functions, right? But it was a weekend to help bond. It was a weekend that helped in showing you the city, right? Because Minneapolis also doesn't have a huge um, Hispanic population, or I should say Latino, Latina population. And so they were, they did a great job of showing you the city and showing you that there's other people, right, that you can relate to that also live there. So I think that was super helpful. In terms of being a Latina in the corporate world and adjusting to that environment, it was definitely challenging at first. It's challenging, just like the transition from high school to college was challenging, transitioning from college into the corporate world, I would say was even more challenging. It wasn't challenging because of my immigrant background, because that background and the hard work that my parents instilled in me, like, I know how to hustle, I know how to work my butt off. That was not challenging whatsoever. What was challenging was it was another shift in environment, right? I didn't know how to relate to people that had a different upbringing as me and in a more corporate setting, right, where these are your peers or colleagues or people who are evaluating you at the end of the year, you're always a little nervous of like how much of yourself you can, because you don't want to be judged for it, right? So for me, the biggest challenges were the little things, because growing up where my parents didn't speak English, right, we watched telenovelas and listened to Selena. I watch like a lot of Spanish TV and in like conversations with my colleagues, 
I don't relate to a lot of their pop cultural references. I didn't grow up listening to the same music or watching the same movie or someone like little things like the movie Top Gun, where apparently everyone has seen it. I have not. I still have not. But it would be comments like, what? You haven't watched Top Gun? And finally, I just I broke out of my shell and I was just like, you know what? I did not because I was too busy watching telenovelas. And then people would be like, oh, huh. But that would just be like my way of saying, no, I didn't. And this is why, because this is who I am. And people started to get it. And instead of laughing because it was just so surprising to them, then they understood why. And it was like, oh, really? Like they would ask more questions about my background. And I think things like that are what allowed me to crack out of my shell and bring a little bit more and more of of what they say your true self to work. Yeah, and you always hear that, right? People, companies are saying, bring your whole authentic self to work. And I think a lot of BIPOC folks from our backgrounds were often wondering, can we really bring our whole selves to work? Will it be accepted? Will there be eyebrows raised? Will I be judged? Even in that small movie reference like Top Gun, like, you know, people notice when you're different and it makes you wonder like how much of myself should I really share and like bring into the workplace yeah I do think early on in your career you like at least from my experience and my perspective I've had to be more careful and not that I had to be I just chose to be because I just have naturally a more conservative slash introverted nature when it comes to letting people in and showing who I really am. But I do think that as you build credibility, right, within your career, then you're able to be like your true self. You're able to stand up more for what you believe in. If it's even if you're just developing a strategy, and if you really don't agree with that strategy because of whatever reasons, you have more confidence and you're taken more seriously. And so I think it's definitely a work in progress, right? Because I think even early on in my career, I was always given the feedback of being too quiet. And the reason I was too quiet, I like later learned is from a cultural standpoint, right? Because in my very Mexican conservative family or traditional family, a woman was always taught to be like very quiet, very timid. You sit there and you look pretty. And so that you don't realize how that like affects you every day until you're like in these settings and you're being told you're too quiet. So then the best advice I got was from one of my managers who would always say, you're quiet and it's not a bad thing because when you speak, it's very thoughtful. They're like, but push yourself to speak up more. She's like, your version of speaking up more is still like too quiet. Like you will never speak I don't know how to say this, but it was like, you will never speak up too much. And so I like, ever since then, I always challenge myself just to speak up and continue to speak up. And even if it's just to ask questions, just so people know that I'm interested and I'm not just sitting here, just quietly there. I just, ever since then, I always challenge myself, whatever room I'm in, whatever the conversation is, it does not matter. I will put forth the effort to say something. I really love that you brought this up because I have a very similar experience in that I am naturally more introverted. I'm an only child. I spent a ton of time alone growing up. 
in my head, like like living in my head and in my thoughts and just like being a writer and a reader. And when I made the transition to finally working and, you know, my first few internships in college, I remember I had an internship at the Texas uh, Capitol and I was given the feedback that I didn't seem very interested in what I was doing. And that was a little shocking for me at the time because I was like, what are you talking about? I'm super interested. This is like really cool work that I'm doing or getting to learn from. But it was a little jarring for me that that there was a perception that I was not interested. And maybe that was from me being, like you were saying, like really quiet and keeping to myself and living in my imaginary, (laughs) like not imaginary, but like in my world, in my mind, right? Like not speaking up. And so that was, that was a huge moment for me. Same. My first full-time, she was like the team leader. So she was like levels above my manager, told me the exact same thing that she was like, are you sure this is what you really want to do? And oh my gosh. Uh, Yeah, this is a very personal story. But that same director who asked me that question of if I was sure this is what I wanted to do, she was questioning if like the sales like CPG career was what I wanted to do with my life. And at the time, I was going through a lot of like family things, plus the corporate transition. Like my grandma had passed away. I'm living away from home. I'm like, is this really for me? You're just like going through a ton of emotions, right? Like I knew the career was what I wanted, but I just didn't know if being away from family and if all of this was worth it. And then she like asked me that and I don't recommend this, but I just bawled crying and I like got it out. And then I told her everything I was going through, like why everything was difficult for me at that moment. And she actually really understood it. She understood it and was like, okay, so this is what we're going to do. And she gave me projects to work on so that I could get exposure because she saw the talent in me. She just wasn't seeing the interest um, or the passion for it. And so she like set me up with projects. We like had a whole, just like a whole plan of the work I was going to be doing, the check-ins in between, getting me exposure within the different projects, different opportunities to present different organizations within the company to get me involved in so that I felt like this was a good space for me. And even then after that role, she's been such a great mentor because as I progress through the company, I keep in touch with her and give her updates. And it was, again, I don't recommend it because it's not always going to end up that way, but she was pivotal, I think, to, to my success within this CPG realm, but then also to my success as like this first generation girl still trying to find her space and her voice. Yeah, and I think maybe what you're also saying is that it's important to be able to have people that we trust at work that can hold up a mirror to us because especially in a workplace, it kind of doesn't matter what your intention is. It really is like the impact that you have on others or on a project or the perceptions that people have of you. And so we have to be really aware of how we're coming across. I think for me, for example, I have a tendency to just have a super serious stone cold face. (laughs) I'm just like not preoccupied with being really cheery and smiley and stuff that's just not in my nature like I just I show my emotion on my face as it truly is and I feel like there's a lot of pressure sometimes to always smile and like be really cheery even though I don't love that I have to adjust in that way at work 
it is something that I have to be aware of because otherwise people will think that I'm like totally disinterested or maybe that I don't like them or something. So it's just something that as women, especially that we always have to be aware of. Yes. Okay. So last question. I know that you are now a director at L'Oreal, which is a huge deal. Congrats. What would you say is a reason why a young professional should consider a path in sales strategy or account management? Yeah. Um, first and foremost, I had no clue what sales was. Pre-college, I had no clue what sales was even going into college. I always thought it was like cold calling, door-to-door kind of thing. And what I would say is that within the CPG industry, it is not. It is very strategic. I would pitch my kind of love for sales because, like I said earlier, you're at the forefront of everything. If you like data and if you have an entrepreneurial spirit, if you are great at problem solving and thinking on your feet, then I would say the sales career path is 100% for you because no day within this function is the same. And if you like to be where the action is at within a corporation, I would definitely say that sales is it and sales is for you. Amazing. Well, Joe, thanks so much for being with us today and sharing about your experience creating a career in sales in CPG and what it's like to be a Latina climbing the corporate ladder. And yeah, thanks for your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hey, are you thinking about changing careers? Then you need to head over to my website, ecmpodcast.com and sign up to get your free 20-page guide that I wrote with you in mind. I wrote this guide to help you change careers and get really clear on what it is that you want to do next. Career clarity is key to a career transition journey. All right, can't wait to hear what you think about it. Have a great week.